Welcome to a brand new episode of Half the Battle. Today's episode is brought to you by BestFightPicks.com. Go to BestFightPicks.com, type your email in that top right corner, and get the best fight picks and podcasts delivered to your inbox every single fight week. Joining me on this very special edition of Half the Battle is a young, promising, scrappy Hawaiian flyweight prospect. I'm talking about Lewis, the last samurai, Smolka. Welcome to the show, man. Thanks, bro. Thank you for having me. So it's funny, man. The way we started talking was because of our good friend Y2KC, and he had a pick'em contest on his Twitter with the re- with the winner receiving a Lewis the Last Samurai Smolka walkout shirt. So you know, I took home this uh, badass shirt that you're looking at right right now, right here on half the battle. You should all get this shirt too. And now I get the chance to go one on one with Lewis Smolka live on half the battle. So I appreciate your time, Lewis. Thank you for having me, man. No problem. Of course, man. So you started your pro career around 19, 20 years old, and then a year and a half later, you're already in the UFC. Did this all happen faster than you expected? Um, no, not really. I, I, I put myself to a pretty high standard. I was trying to like, I was trying to be champion already. I was trying to like, I, I was, I'm, I was expecting myself to already be like a champion. UFC, so yeah, I don't know. I'm not doing too well right now. I'm a little behind schedule. That's what I like to hear, man. Very motivated. So, you know, your first two fights were in Hawaii. You go out there, you get a doctor stoppage and a darts choke in the second round. Then out of nowhere, you're fighting four straight fights in the Philippines. How did this come about? Do you have family there? What's the scoop with you fighting in the Philippines, Lewis? Um, well, one of my, um, teammates, this dude, Harris Sarmiento, was fighting out there, and, um, my other friend, Russell Doan, um, was, um, was fighting out there, too, and, um, they ended up calling me up and saying that they wanted me after I had, like, a, after I had a few pretty good fights, they wanted, um, they, they wanted to bring me in, I was at late notice on, like, two weeks, and I ended up going out there and doing pretty well. Yeah, man, it's funny. You actually came into the UFC 6-0 and with six finishes, and you make your UFC debut in my hometown, Atlanta, Georgia. I was actually in attendance, and you took on a D1 wrestler in Alp Oskalich, who at the time was very highly regarded because he just beat another fellow prospect in Darren Uyenoyama. And not only did you beat Oskalich on the feet, but you full-mounted and back-mounted the D1 wrestler. And we all know one doesn't simply full-mount and back-mount a D1 wrestler. So, Lewis, what was going through your mind when you basically finished him at the end of the third round? I was trying so hard to get the ref to stop it. Um, I was actually surprised because as he was turning back and forth when I was hitting him, I could hear him telling the ref, don't stop it. I was like, wow, man, this guy is pretty, like, he's tough. He has a presence of mind to, like, be arguing with the ref while he's getting hit and trying to defend himself. That yeah, was pretty man. interesting to me. Yeah, the Turkish delight, man. He was a really, really tough dude. But, I mean, what did it feel like going in there so young and getting that, you know, that first UFC victory? Um, I was a little scared, um, but, you know, I really did believe that I had better striking, um, than him. Um, he is a wrestler, but I felt like I had better striking than him, and my ground overall I thought was better, um, just because you're a wrestler doesn't necessarily mean you have good MMA grappling, or just because you have, you're good at jiu-jitsu doesn't necessarily mean you have good MMA grappling. I felt like my, my overall package was, um, superior. Yeah, and that's exactly why you got the victory that night. So in your next fight, you come in and you took on Chris Carriasso, who, you know, obviously he had way more UFC and MMA experience than you, and it was quite back and forth. But I got to know this, Lewis, how close 
was that choke he had at the end of the second round? Um, he, he didn't have any of the chokes. Like he, he had it around my neck and it, it was tight. I had to give up position to get out, but I, I, he wasn't going to finish me. I had it under control. Nice, man. And did you think you won that fight? I don't know. I don't, that was honestly the worst performance I've ever had. Like I came into that fight kind of cocky. I was like, I was undefeated. I had like six finishes in seven fights, came into the UFC at like 20, 22 years old. And I was just like, I was on top of the world, man. I thought I was, I thought I was like untouchable, you know? So like, I didn't really train for that fight. I didn't really like take it as serious as I should have. I thought I was going to go in there and smash him. I was like, what's he going to do? Outpoint me? And he ended up outpointing me. And yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't like to think about that fight, man. That's the worst I've ever been. And I hope to never look like that again. Well, I mean, it was a good learning experience though, right? Yeah, it, it was. It, 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 it sharpened me up mentally. You know, you got to take every fight serious in the UFC, especially for like 25ers. Like no one gets tired in my division. It's hard to break people. You know, it's hard to get finishes. Yeah, for sure, man. So next you took on an Australian in Australia when you faced Richie Vaz in Sydney. Mm -hmm. And I spoke to my buddy James Vick, who also finished an Australian in Australia. And he said the Australian crowd was totally cool with him after he got the win. So I want to know, Lewis, how did they treat you, especially considering the fact that you scored such a highlight reel KO? Um, They were really nice to me. Um, Like, okay, so... During the fight, um, I guess my, my my corner was right in front of, like, his section of fans. And they were like, yeah, fuck him up, Richie. Kick his ass, Richie. Fuck him up. And, like, when after I got the kick, my coach just turned around and went up to them and was like, yeah! <laughs> <laughs> I screamed at them. <laughs> Dude, that's awesome, man. And, I mean, yeah. how life-changing was that performance of the night bonus? Um... It was pretty cool. I got to go to Disneyland. I got to go do like I got to go do a few things. I honestly like it was my first year. I like to say it was my first year in the league, and I blew my money pretty quickly. That wasn't smart. Of me. I, <laughs> I went through it pretty fast. Well, there you go. There's another learning lesson for your future yeah. fights. And I mean, did you get to stay in Australia a little longer and do some cool stuff? Maybe visit the koala bear, swim with the sharks, and what did you get to do, man? Oh, um, well, we got to, like, we went to the this place called the Taronga Zoo. That place was pretty fun. We were walking around there um, before before the fight, you know, like, trying to cut weight and stuff. I was trying to, like, stay, like, moving around and stuff. So we walked around the zoo. Um, they have, like, this whole, like, pier system. Like, it's like buses, but they're, like, ferries. Like, they just ferry around. And, like, we got to go to, like, all the different parts of the harbor and stuff. There's, like, a partying district. There's, like... There's all kinds of cool stuff. I was having a good time. Nice, man. And back to that KO real quick. So you were arguably down two rounds to none, and you yeah. didn't you didn't even look for a way out. You you weren't looking to quit. So just talk about your Hawaiian samurai spirit real quick, man, because I've noticed all you Hawaiians are pretty damn tough. It's not over till it's over, man. That's why we fight three fives. It's not over till it's over. You know, it's it's it, it, it in this game you can finish anyone at any given moment, you know, with one slip. And so, you know, we always try to keep our heads in the game. We got to stay tough. You got to always be looking for the finish, you know, um, keeping your guard up, being careful. And, you know, like it's being raised in Hawaii. It's kind of like you grow up fighting almost like, like everybody's a fighter out here. Like there's like, like, like there's areas, um, where everybody like boxed when they were little you know what i mean like so like 
it's different out here. Like everybody, almost everybody has some kind of fighting or martial arts background. Like we grew up fighting out here. Um, it's like it's a way like arguments are settled and stuff. Like I grew up like fighting with my friends over like who gets um, like who gets the last piece of pizza or like. Like, somebody will, like, steal your hat or something and be messing with you. So it's like, oh, you want to mess with me? All right, I guess we're going. Like, so, like, you, like we, we would um actually have, like, UFC fights in my next-door neighbor's backyard. Like, we would, like, grow up, like, fighting in their backyard. And then his mom would come home and flip out on us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, that's funny as hell. And, you know, obviously you're a pro fighter. You're paid to fight. But back in the day... You know, I wouldn't be surprised if maybe you got into a street fight or two. Do you have any exclusive street fight stories you can give us right here, right now on Half the Battle? Um, yeah, I can give you a few. Um, okay, uh, yeah, so my first my first day of my junior year in high school, this kid was called, like, this is, this is a pretty bad story. I don't even know if I should share this one. This is pretty messed up. But I ended up, like, mauling this kid because he was, like, he was calling me out and he was talking all this shit, like, but I was ignoring him because he was, like, a freshman or whatever. He was bigger than me, but, like, I was a pretty small kid in high school. But he was, like, I guess he wanted to, like, prove he was tough or something. And he was trying to, like, pick on me. Or, like, he was trying to, like, start a fight with me just to be, like, yeah, you know, I, I'm, like, one of the, I'm still a big dog around on campus or whatever. So, like, he's calling me out and, like, telling all, like, I was ignoring him. And then, so he calls, like, he goes up to my friends. He's, like, yeah, where's your friend at? I'm going to whoop his ass after school. I'm going to fuck him up. Da-da-da. I was, like, okay, buddy. And then, um, so... Like, he, he, he did this, like, all day. Like, and I, I never fought in school. I would always fight, like, after school because I never wanted to, like, get busted. So I ended up, like, like so after school, we went and found him by, like, the um, the Monopoly truck. It's, like, one of these trucks that, like, it's, like, a food truck that's, like, around the school. Um, and so he, he tells me, he's like, yeah, I'm going to eat my musubi and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lick you after. I was like, wow, okay, motherfucker, like. So I ended up on, like, I ended up having to follow him to, like, this baseball field, and I just, like, mounted him and beat him up for, like, a while. It was pretty funny. Like, I just took him straight down, and, like, I need him in the face. I think I have some of his, like, braces, like, marked in my knee. <laughs> like, I had his braces imprinted on my knee for a little while. Yeah, for sure, man. And moral of the story, do not be a bully. And don't fight on the streets. Go to a martial arts school and get disciplined. Right, Lewis? We're actually pretty organized how we have fights out here, man. There's, like... There's, like, you're over here, the other guy's over here, everybody watches, you know, like, there, there's no, like, jumping in or anything, like, it's all, like, pretty organized. <laughs> man, it's ingrained into that culture, man, and I gotta yeah. say, you know, about... Pride, dude, it's up and up. Yeah, and on the topic of, you know, the Hawaiian Warriors, what are your thoughts on the Hawaiian fighting scene currently? Because obviously, you know, BJ Penn is the pioneer, but nowadays you got guys like Max Holloway really leading that next generation. And there's obviously a lot of other guys, yourself, Yancey Medeiros, Brad Tavares, Dustin Kimura, Russell Doan. Are there a lot of belts coming to Hawaii soon? Um, I believe so. Um, we have guys like you, you have any, like, you might think we're good. Our next generation is even better than us. Like, we we've got some we got some hungry guys coming. We've got um, Martin Day, Shaden Lealoha, Loan Tainanes. If you're like hardcore into MMA and all like the Asian scene, you know who Loan is already. Um, yeah, man, Edward Thomas. Um, we've got we've got some killers coming, dude. Yeah, man. So it's time for a UFC event in Hawaii or what, man? 
we, we, our gem alone could do the like we could we could be one whole side all by ourselves. We, we could do we could do the whole red corner or whatever. Yeah, absolutely. So you we're train. Ready. We're just waiting. Right. Yeah. So you train with Technics Jiu Jitsu. Do you also train your stand up with Ivan Flores at Legacy Muay Thai? Um, I'm actually with Charles Kipili'i. He he's our head coach um, at Hawaii Elite MMA. He does all our striking. Okay. Um, yeah. Um, I Ivan does Max's striking because they had like um, they have like a like a, a prior like um a, a arrangement I guess. But I was always with Charles. Charles was always my head coach. So um, yeah, I, I I'm staying loyal to him. Well, obviously, Charles has done a lot for you, um, you know, as you can see with the results. Just put it into words real quick. Um, he's legitimately made my striking. Like, I've never had a separate striking coach. I did karate and stuff when I was little, but never at the competitive level or anything. Like, I kind of just went after school and whatever. But, um, yeah, he's basically made my striking. You should have seen what it looked like when he first got me. It was bad, dude. Like... Like, I would roll and my head, like, I would duck my head like this when I would roll under punches. Like, it was bad. Dude. It was bad. <laughs> well, you got to learn somehow, right? Yeah, yeah. Luckily, I, I was fortunate enough to have, like, a great striking coach in Charles, you know. And, yeah, it, it, it ended up working out. He ended up being able to mold me. I just, I just tried to listen. For sure, man. And you mentioned, obviously, you know, you do have a background in karate. And I did notice you've done karate and judo in the past, and not a lot of people know about that. What other martial arts forms are you interested in incorporating in your game? Um, well, that, that dude I was telling you about, Martin Day, he's like a fourth degree black belt in Taekwondo or something. So he's been helping us out a lot. Um, I've been having to work on my wrestling a lot. That's why we have Shaden Lealoa and Edward Thomas. They're both really good. Um, like wrestling based fighters. Loman is also like a real decorated wrestler. Um so I'm just working on like, you know, tuning things up. Um just, you know, I'm trying to like learn as much as I can from everything and just keep evolving, you know, with like the highest levels of the game. Right now karate and um like a karate style, like a, a striking style, range heavy styles with um with takedown defense seem to be doing very well. Um like like and we're moving away from that traditional wrestler boxer um type of um I guess that wrestle boxing type of style we're moving away from that it seems like into a, a more like karate rangy striking based style with takedown defense. Yeah, man, and you know you are a very tall guy for the flyweight division. What's it like taking on all these dudes? You know they're five three, five six, and they're constantly trying to close that distance on you. It's nice to have the range i'm not gonna lie it's nice um it's nice to be able to hit people when they can't hit you but at the same time it's kind of hard to deal with these guys that are quicker um that can explode and move faster just because they'll have more muscle on their bodies at the weight you know um it's tricky to have to pace with that but it's it's something i I, i've grown accustomed to I, i don't really get tired or anything um i just gotta work on my explosion really i feel like my explosion and my range um Using my range to my advantage. Yeah, it's interesting because in your next fight, you're actually going to take on a guy that's about the same height as you, and we're going to get into that. I think he's actually taller than me. Oh, really? Yeah, I think he. I, I was surprised when I saw his stats. I was like, oh, I have to go look him up. That's awesome, man. Well, that's going to be a first, and we're going to talk about all that in just a second. But I want to know, Lewis, real quick, what's it like being 24 years old and living your dream in the UFC? It's pretty awesome. Um, it's more stressful than I thought it would be. 
pressure to win is there, but it's better than a nine to five, a lot better. Like I hate training, but I hate everything else a lot more. <laughs> yeah, man. Do a lot of people you went to high school with, are they like trying to be your friend out of nowhere or, you know, stuff like that? <laughs> Yeah, kind of. Um, like, everybody's your best friend once, you know, like, makes the UFC. But, you know, I was always really friendly. I had a lot of friends. Um, they've just, you know, like, they've just been my friends. Um, it's not like anyone treats me any different or anything. Well, that's so good because they probably get their ass kicked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, you took on Neil Siri, and a lot of people were counting you out in that fight. You know, Siri, he looked really good in his UFC fights, and obviously he's an experienced vet. Not only did you beat him, but you went in there and you got a 30-27 on all three judges' scorecards. Now, how did that fight compare to how you expected it to go? I wanted to finish, man. I really wanted to finish him, um, but it's just so hard, you know. Like, at, at our level, it's so hard to tire someone out enough to finish them. Like, you can get lucky. You might you might sleep a couple people, but it's really hard to finish people, especially for us flyweights because we don't get tired, you know. So the pace is so high, it's hard to get finishes. Yeah, man. Well, we all love that finish you had against Richie Bass, man. So, you know, I'm pretty damn sure, you know, some more uh, highlight reel knockouts or submissions are coming, right? I'll, 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 I'll do my best to get them. I'm, I'm working on it. I'm working on it. For sure, man. So, you know, what did it mean to you to be a part of UFC 189? Because it was such a historic event, the launch of the Reebok deal, the new production, the Conor McGregor show. Just talk about that real quick. Um, it was pretty awesome. It, 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 the atmosphere was like nothing else I've ever done. Um, like the atmosphere for, for this fight was like, it, it was crazy. Um, There's just all these like Irish guys just running around, kind of like... You know, just being all belligerent and, like, drunk and, like, doing their chants. Like, they all knew these chants. Like, I, like they were all made up, but they all knew them. Like, they were all just walking around and doing these chants. It was pretty fun. It was, it was a great time. I, I enjoyed it. Yeah, man. It's so cool to see the kind of pride that they have. And, you know, when you go to Dublin, Ireland to face Patty Holohan, you're already going to be used to that kind of thing. Yeah, um, I'm, I mean, I'm from Hawaii, we always gotta fight, like, away from home, you know, more often than not, it's in someone else's backyard, but, you know, it's something you get used to. Yeah, Just for make sure. make your peace with it. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah, I'm pretty sure after fighting an Australian in Australia, you know, fighting at UFC 189, and now going to Dublin to fight the Irishman, I'm sure, you know, you're getting used to it by now, right? Yeah, I, I really am. Like I said, it's something you have to make your peace with. Like, you just, you know they're going to boo you or they don't want you to win. And it's just, okay, like, that's fair. You have your, you have, like, your wishes. I have mine, you know? Yeah, so at UFC 189, did you get to stay and watch the rest of the card? And the reason I ask is because from a fan's perspective, UFC 189 was one of the best cards ever. Yeah, no, I, I I was in the stands and, like, running around in the back and, like, going all, like, here and there and whatever, but it was amazing, dude. Robbie Lawler. Wobbly Balls, that's what we call him. Yeah, like, that dude is a monster. Yeah. Those are always fun. Speaking of which, uh, who you got between Lawler and Condit? Didn't that fight get scrapped or are they going to keep it? Did, yeah. Didn't Lawler get injured or something? Yeah, he got injured, but they rescheduled it for, like, I think the first event of 2016. Oh, no shit. Um, I don't know. I'm going to go Lawler. He fought a lot out here in Hawaii. Grew up hearing his name and stuff. I'm going to go Robbie Lawler. Yeah, Lawler is a very tough guy to pick against, but if there's one guy you can't count out, 
it's Carlos yeah. the Natural Born Killer Condit. So man, that is such a great fight for the fans, and everyone's got to watch that fight. Yeah, it's gonna be interesting to see. Um, like what I noticed is Robbie Lawler seems to take the fourth round off. If you notice, He'll come out hard the first, second. I feel like third and fourth, he kind of backs off the gas and then has big finishes around the end of the fight. Um, I don't know how well that's going to work against Condit because Condit has steady pressure the whole time and he, he has a lot of cardio and lots of like interesting moves, but I, I'm not 100% sure. It's yeah, interesting. it's interesting, man, because, you know, I do think that Robbie Lawler is probably the more technical guy, but if Carlos Condit hurts him like Rory McDonald did, you know he's going to go for that finish. So, man, it's such a tough fight to call and I cannot wait to see it, man. Yeah, I can't wait to see it either. It's gonna be it's gonna be a war. It's gonna be amazing. For sure. So, you know, we mentioned that next up you got Patrick Houlihan in Ireland, and you know, this seems to be a common theme with you, Lewis, taking on the hometown boy in his hometown, huh? Yep. Story of my life. Yeah. So, you know, <laughs> he's got pretty creative stand up and he's very good at taking people's backs. Without revealing your game plan, do you simply feel like you're better than him everywhere, or is there a specific area of the game you'd like to beat him at? Um, I honestly, I haven't even like thought about it at all, really. Um, I'm still waiting for fight camp to start, and then we'll um we'll address certain issues. Right now, I'm still kind of just like digging around, doing weird things. Like I'm, I'm legitimately doing whatever I want right now in training, like. I'm not, we haven't built an actual game plan or anything yet. Right now, I'm just, like, sparring, working on, like, whatever I feel like working on. And then starting Monday, we're going to start fight camp, and then I have to start doing game plans and things like that. Yeah, man. Uh, and and uh, when did you say you start your fight camp? Monday. I actually start Monday. We do a six-week fight camp. Nice, man. And you're going to be sparring with guys like Max and Yancey and all those guys? Probably. I hope not, man. Those fucks are big, dude. I had to do Max's last. Um, I had to do some of Max's last camp for Oliveira because I'm kind of like a lanky, weird grappler. I do those weird things like him, you know. And dude, I was getting beat up, man. That was miserable. <laughs> yeah, Max. We're all getting beat up. Max is incredible, man. His uh, development. He's really something special to watch, right? Dude, he works hard, and like, I don't know, the thing I'm most impressed with Max is like, we all talk shit, like, well, we're gonna be the greatest one day, I'm gonna go out there, I'm gonna beat this guy, I'm gonna do this, do that, Max is the guy that'll actually go out there and do it, like, you know, like, he, 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 that dude has no fear, he's just like, yep, I'm gonna go out there, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do my game plan, like, I'm gonna win. Yeah, he does have that belief, and he's also so yeah. technically sound, and you know, that last fight with Oliveira, even though it lasted about a minute, 10 seconds, he looked incredible for that minute, 10 seconds. Now, Lewis, I got to ask you, man, what what do you think happened there? Because it's kind of interesting. You know, they said it was some kind of, you know, esophageal tear. But then on UFC tonight, they said that that was BS and that that isn't what happened. So, you know, I have a theory that maybe he had a stinger or something like that. But I wasn't there. I'm not Charles Oliveira. I don't know what happened. Lewis, he you should've... know what happened. He should have fought through it if he, if any, if, if if he actually had like a huge tear in his esophagus or like something like broke or something, I'd be like, yeah, you know, it happens. He might, might have caught him by surprise or whatever, but I don't know, man. I, I, I think he broke. I think Max broke him. I think he went in there. He, he tasted some of Max's striking, knew he wasn't in the same, um, the same, like the, he's not in the same field. He's just not in the same league as Max striking. And when he couldn't take him down, he, he got scared. Yeah, man, it's interesting because Oliveira has broken in the past when things haven't gone his way. And, you know, that night I tweeted, 
Frankie Edgar would never do that. And I got so much heat, Lewis. You don't even understand how much heat I got for saying that, man. Well, you're right, though. Frankie Edgar would never do that. Frankie Edgar is a different fighter. Um, I still think Max would beat him, but Frankie Edgar would not have done that, though. Yeah, you know, on this topic, I truly believe that, uh, you know, McGregor, Holloway, and Frankie Edgar are the top three guys in that division. Now, with all due respect to the current champion, Jose Aldo. Yeah, um, the way I see it, I think Max is the best in the game right now. Um, His range striking will pose problems for anyone. And it's like, it's even if you get him down, he has a different frame, and he's he's very good at getting back to his feet. He's very good at using um, his length for submissions. Um, Max is the man right now, I believe, because he, he's he he. Okay, if you put him up against Edgar or Mendez, they couldn't break. They they would have real bad. Even Aldo would have big issues getting inside his range. And if he used to fight Connor again, I feel like Max would honestly beat him. Like if you look at their fights, Max has looked better and better every single fight, and I feel like Connor hasn't. Like I feel like. I feel like Connor is cutting too much weight. Honestly, he he looks like worse and worse every time we see him. Like as far as cardio and gas tank, like I think he's just going too deep on the weight cut. He either has to lose some muscle mass or something. Yeah, he's definitely expressed that he wants to go back up to 155. Now, real quick, do you think that Connor McGregor is going to dethrone the great Jose Aldo? No, if he fights like how he did against Mendes, no way. And yeah, he got to bring something different to the table because he, he will not be Aldo fighting like that. He, he, he was slow. He just he, he would not be on the fast switch level of Aldo, and he would break cardio-wise, I think. So do you foresee Aldo finishing him, or do you think he would just win another decision like he tends to do in all of his UFC championship mm-hmm. fights? I, I, would, I would assume the decision, but you don't, you don't know. Um... I feel like leg kicks would be a big issue, but I'm not 100% sure what would happen, but I I think he would cruise to the decision. For sure. That is, you know, what he has done in his past couple fights. Now, real quick, man. So, aside from Patrick Houlihan, you're 24 years old. The sky's the limit. What's next for Lewis, the last Samurai Smolka? I'm having a kid, honestly. Um, On Christmas, I'm having a, a baby girl, and... um. I'm trying to get a house, dude. I'm trying to buy a house right now. Um, playing the family man role, I guess, is what's, is what's coming up. Wow, man. Yeah, congrats, bro. That's awesome. Yeah, thank you. I'm trying to get that settled and get some more wins, dude. Keep yeah. fighting. I got to make some money now, dude. I'm not fighting just for me anymore. Definitely, man. And, you know, just talk about how, you know, yourself and Max and you guys are very young, but you guys are fathers. You guys are doing very well in your careers. And, you know, you can be an inspiration for younger guys coming up that, you know, they can do these kind of things at an early age. So just talk about that real quick. Um, yeah, man. Sky's the limit, dude. Just believe in yourself. <laughs> it's It's not like... It's just you got to kind of keep your head right, you know. I mean, I've been working to be a fighter ever since I was, like, well, probably unknowingly since, like, the age of, like, seven. I mean, like, the first things I used to tell my dad in the morning when I was a little kid were, Dad, I want to play fight, I want to play fight. Like, I used to wake my dad up asking for that. So it's just, like, it's about knowing what you want and just going out there and getting it and not making excuses, you know. 
Absolutely. The not making excuses part is a very big part that a lot of people often overlook, you know, positive or negative. You cannot make excuses. Now, when you told your dad that, was that when you knew you wanted to be a fighter? Um, I always wanted to be a fighter. Like, I, I don't know. When I was little, I didn't actually know what MMA or U- the UFC was. So I didn't know that I wanted to be a, a UFC fighter or an MMA fighter. But I always loved fighting from like a young age. Like, um, I always like like the samurai spirit and stuff. Like like the like the Asian culture. My mom is Japanese. She's from Japan. I always love the culture behind fighting and like pride and like just um you know like like it's like like the um like the what is it the most honest version of yourself. You know, it's like you you really show who you are while you're fighting. And yeah, I always liked that. I was always um, interested in it. Absolutely, man. And we can tell by your fighting spirit every single time you step inside the octagon. Now, I got one more question for you, Lewis. You know, I mentioned you are a big flyweight. Are you ever contemplating moving up to 135 pounds as you do get older? Um, maybe. I've, I cheat so hard on my diets and stuff as is now. But um, if it ever gets to like the point, I mean, that, one of my goals in life is to like is to go down in, in history as one of the greatest ever. And one of the ways I could see myself doing that is by holding up, is by moving up weight, winning multiple titles at multiple weight classes. Yeah. So I could see myself going up. Definitely, man. And we look forward to whatever you do next, Lewis. So I want to thank you so much for your time. I truly appreciate it. Come back anytime you want. And just go ahead, plug anything you want to plug, any shout-outs you want to give. The floor is yours, my friend. Um, I'd like to send a shout out to Defend Hoy, my, my sponsors, my coaches, um, Hoy Elite MMA, Fitness Reigns, um, Technics Jiu Jitsu, um, Contract Killer hooking me up with geese, Virus sending us gear, Venom, Skibby Underwear, Mentum Eyewear, um, G Fuel, I love their stuff, G Fuel is amazing. Um. <laughs> uh, did I say Venom already? I don't know if I said Venom. Um, yeah, that's, a, that's all I can come up with off the top of my head. Yeah, what's G Fuel, man? You got me interested. It's like pre-workout. It's like somewhere between five-hour energy and pre-workout. It like kind of borders it, but it's not like um, C4 or anything where you get like you get all jittery. It's like one of the cleanest pre-workouts I've ever taken, so I really like it. It doesn't give you a crash. Like It, it it's pretty awesome. Yeah, and it feels good when you're doing cardio too? Oh yeah, it's fine. Yeah, it doesn't cardio, sparring, weightlifting, whatever. It's, it's that stuff is money. Yeah, man. Well, again, Lewis, I want to thank you so much for coming on the show. You're welcome back anytime. And to all the viewers and listeners, you know, you can subscribe to Half the Battle on SoundCloud, on YouTube, and I will be back next week for more. Have a good one.